This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat. Now, AJ Gibsonian is out today and tomorrow, but it always leaves me with great pleasure because we are joined with Jimmy Simmy, also known as Dr. James Simmons. That's me, Jimmy Simmons. Jimmy Simmons. <laughs> Jimmy Simmons, you were just telling me about a very big weekend that you had. Now, I love Jimmy Simmons because to me, he's my party friend. We get wild at weddings and in Palm Springs. It's true. Honey. But he also like saved the world during the pandemic because he's a doctor. <laughs> yes, yeah, single-handedly, I saved the All world. Uh-huh. by yourself. <laughs> you saved... The world. And now you're doing stand-up. I mean, every day. Please tell the people how you strolled out in leopard stilettos, matte black nails, and killed it this weekend. And killed it. This is super wild. I it was First of all, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so, so, so happy that AJ's gone. Bye. Whatever she's doing. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, so I never done, I, I've done some things on stage before, just like hosting events and speaking, you know, but usually it's a little more medical or it's a little more whatever. Well, there is a, like a really, really big nurse influencer out there who has a podcast that's really big. And she was like, hey, I'm doing my show in L.A. Like, I want you to open for me. And it's, you know, she's like, everyone's triple vaxxed and tested and blah, 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 like super safe. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I didn't realize that this was kind of a big deal at the Avalon here in L.A. Funny. on Sunday night. And there were full-on rehearsals and tech rehearsals and all of this stuff and whatever. Oh, so my God. I had to level up my game, Michaela. <clears throat> I got the matte black nails. I wore the leopard print stiletto heels. And I came out and I wrote five minutes, which ended up being 10 on stage. Yes. Those of you who are stage people will understand this. And I was like, I just did a tight 10 comedy set. Which in the comedy world, I used to do stand-up 10 minutes is a long time uh-huh. in a comedy world. Like, it's uh-huh. very hard to do 10 minutes. And I know you killed it. it. I'm so excited. It was super. Like, I don't often do this, but I was like, I had people literally, like, doubled over for almost the entire time. And then I I almost just literally dropped the mic and left the stage. And people were, like, screaming at the end of it. They were, they were like, dying laughing. All these people, like, de- slid up in my DMs. And they were like, uh, you were hysterical. When are you doing more? And I was like, wait a minute. Is this the next evolution of Dr. James? Like, Jimmy Simmy. Is Jimmy Simmy going to, like, do some comedy? And it was... I feel really bad sometimes too because you know I do all these medical things, right? So it's like, oh, you know, you know, Yahoo Finance or whatever is here with Dr. James Simmons to talk about COVID. And I mean, I could repeat three percent of what I said on stage on TV. I mean, listen, <laughs> I'll tell you what though. I always laugh because I'm like, how did I end up becoming like the gay Barbara Walters? Like, I'm not that I'm not that bitch at all. And somehow here I am reporting on like 
hardcore news. Like hard, hardcore news. And I'm like, oh, that was good. What? Hardcore news. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm going with it. But you make it so fun because I think that, I think one thing we learned after the pandemic is that um, we need to take everything less seriously. We've got one life. And to know that I can go to my nurse and get a stand-up set, like, <laughs> or go to my doctor and get a stand-up set, right, right, how right. about it? Now, speaking of uh, nurses and doctors, we have a great show for you uh, today. We're going to open it with one of our uh, old co-hosts. Had a bub yesterday. Um, Allie Johnson, we're so excited. Uh, but it brought up a story about uh, doctors and nurses accidentally switching babies. Mm-hmm. What if she went home with the wrong baby? Or maybe not so accidentally. Or maybe not Or maybe not so accidentally. Maybe dun, she wanted dun, a better dun. baby. I feel like we need uh, um, SVU music there, Law and Order. Dun, oh, dun. we need it. We need yeah. it. Uh, we're going to talk about dun, 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 <laughs> the switch up. <laughs> And then uh, we're also talking about how important it is to get a colonoscopy. Kristen Bell was talking about how her husband does it himself. Uh, but what you need to know. <laughs> because we're always going to make medical a little wonky, a little weird, a little. And producer Vanessa had this great thing about, like, should you do, like, DIY medical? Like, Kristen Bell's like, get an early colonoscopy. And Dak is like, I do it myself. No. How do you do it yourself? It. That is not the story. But it is about colonoscopy. Yeah. Well, I dated it. Look, I, they're so important. Seriously, I dated a guy who lost his grandpa uh, because he waited too long to get a colonoscopy. Uh-huh. And it's so important. You it's don't realize. So we're going to talk about that. Also, could Biden possibly appoint an LGBTQ person to the Supreme Court? Rumor has it he's ready to bring a strong black woman into the mix. And I think that's super important. So for now, let's do a little news on the beat. A Florida state senator said what we've all been thinking. She spelled out an obvious option for homophobic parents. Go somewhere else. As Republicans nationwide target libraries and school boards with demands to remove books that contain LGBTQ topics, a new bill being debated in the Sunshine State would allow parents to challenge the books as unfit for all children based on the parents' personal religious beliefs. The bill would require schools to establish a review process for instructional material that can be vetted by parents and require superintendents to certify to the state that all content conforms to state standards. We can talk about that more in depth mm-hmm. later on in this show. For yes. now, let's get into some what the. It's going to be a high of 75 in Palm Springs, 63 in Houston, 43 in Kansas City, a high of 54 in Atlanta, and 75 in Cathedral City. And Jimmy Simmy, give us a vibe of the day. Today, we're vibing with healing. You know, we've all been through a rough couple of years. Yeah, it's okay have. if you're still figuring out your life right now. Yeah, it's like, okay. It's okay. It's okay. Speaking of healing, you were healing at your stand-up set with your leopard heels on, and I'm obsessed <laughs> with that. My toes still need to be healed, but I, that's a whole other. I mean, who I know heals, that's right, girl. All right. Well, coming up, we are congratulating one of our co-hosts on her baby boy. But was her baby switched at birth? We're talking about an article that seriously <laughs> happened. Coming up next. You better sell that. The morning beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Okay, now, Dr. James Simmons, you've seen a lot of things. First of all, you were graced to be a co-host to the one and only Allie Johnson, who we love and adore. I I mean, it was one of the best six months, more or less, I think, six months of my life. It was amazing. We love Allie Johnson. Well, she just gave birth yesterday after being in labor since 
Sunday to a beautiful Sunday, little boy. December 3rd. She was in labor for like six weeks. Okay, the baby wasn't coming out. The baby was like, I love her. I'm not leaving. He's like, I'm chill. I'm cool. So he was in there. And now it made me and Lisa feel like, oh, because, you know, we are trying to have a baby as well. Mm-hmm. We're freezing our embryos so that we can have the opportunity to do so. And um, it's just such a sweet thing for the most part when you're able to give birth. Yeah, for the but for the most part. Yeah. I was on my way to another doctor yesterday, a mm-hmm. Botox doctor. Oh. And Lisa sent me an article after I sent her uh, a, te- a text about Allie uh-huh. from 2019 about a woman who said um, she was a nurse, uh-huh. but she was on her deathbed, <clears throat> and she admitted to switching thousands of babies at birth, 5,000 to be exact, during her 12 <laughs> years in the oh, maternity ward. I still can't. In Zambia. I still can't. And everyone in this article and people who have read it are like, girl, what are you talking about? She said that she knew she caused a lot of divorces because of paternity tests that were wrong. But <gasps> I never in even this, about that. okay, she said, uh, if you are born, in, you are not the father. You are not. More, she gave Maury an entire career. She, seriously. She is the reason Who Maury knew has a that show. that Maury Povich still has a show that still ranks fairly high, by the way? Well, Lisa thought this was also very funny because if you were born from 1983 to 1995, chances are your parents may not be your biological parents. She developed a habit of swapping newly born babies just for fun. That's what she said. I was born in 88. Okay? Uh, now, I don't live in... Africa, thank you, God, in Zambia. Right. But if that I was mean, a thing to do, honey. and I, I mean, maybe Zambia is a lovely place, but also, like, maybe your parents are not your parents if you lived in Zambia or were born between 1983 and 1995. Okay. What is going on? Okay, but what's crazy is they looked into this. They investigated the matter because what this means is she would have had to have swapped a baby, one baby, every single day for 13 years straight. And... They said it is possible. <laughs> she said, I'm begging for forgiveness. I have caused many mothers to breastfeed children who are not theirs biologically, and I don't want to go to hell. Now that I'm dying, I'm asking for forgiveness. Uh, Dr. James, what are your thoughts as a doctor? I mean, I'm I'm over here laughing, not because this is funny. I'm laughing because, like, what else do you do in this situation? Like, how are you even, where do you even begin? I know. And, I mean, people are obviously claiming, like, was, you know, is this story true and like whatever did all of that happen? But you know, it's really interesting. It's actually really difficult to say how many babies are actually switched at birth. This is a common thing. Uh, it's a, maybe a little and switched at birth means a couple of different things. Typically it's accidental, right? You, Cause listen, when little Bubba comes out, she looks like every other little bubba more. Like, you know what I mean? Like these babies aren't like looking a lot of. I but look like are, a little monkey. There are some estimates that as many as like twenty five thousand babies are temporarily switched at birth out of uh, about twenty eight million births. So that that's wild. What is that? Point one percent, something like that. It's a little too early to do math, but that's crazy. Now hospital systems have amazing checks and balances to make sure things like this don't happen anymore, particularly with new technology and everyone's tagged and identified and whatever. So it doesn't really happen often, but this is something that like scares the ever loving bejeebus out of me. Well, and imagine in 1983 in Zambia, like 
girl, I always, I will say though, it gave me a lot of relief because um, I never felt like I came from my parents. Um, and now it, you're gonna just gonna own I this. I feel now. like I probably had celebrity parents that <gasps> were so excited. Who would to be see your celebrity me. parents? Um, Dolly Parton uh, was. I my, mean, clearly, she, I feel like she did give birth to me, uh-huh. um, but uh-huh. she's she's out there waiting for me to come home. You're gonna inherit that entire Dolly. Fortune. I'm, I'm a, who are your celebrity parents? Oh my gosh, um, I don't even know who Barack and Michelle. Can I go? Oh no. my god, congratulations! I mean, I'm only like ten years younger than they are. It's, a, it's okay. <laughs> We've come so far in science. It, it makes sense. Maybe it could happen. Michelle had you at ten, oh, and that feels perfect. right. Oh my god. <laughs> the morning beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Okay, so Dr. James Simmons, obviously, mm-hmm. you know that taking care of yourself is like the most important thing, and in my family, we didn't go to the doctors. Like one, we were Italian. Two, we were poor, and three, my papa could fix it. I remember, like that's <laughs> love it. My cousin Tony wanted to be a firefighter when he was like five years old, and this is like psychotic. But my papa went into the backyard, lit a tree on fire, <gasps> and gave my cousin the hose and let him put it out. <laughs> I mean, if that's not supporting your grandchild <laughs> Listen, or whatever, I don't know what is. My papa was the best. <laughs> I was washing a glass bowl, and I was like four years old. And you know how you have like just really weird, faint memories of things? Sure. I dropped the glass bowl. It got into my elbow, and instead of taking me to the hospital, uh-huh. my parents took me to my grandparents and my papa said it's okay I'm a doctor and I remember (laughs) standing on the stool and he took the glass out and wrapped me up and we thought my papa was everything my papa was a police officer my papa was a firefighter my papa was a doctor he's a plumber he's everything he could do anything he's an astronaut but if you were like I want to go to the moon he'd be like let's go and he would think of something ridiculous we'd go like jump off the roof you know what I'm saying so it's important to take care of your health and go to the doctor and Kristen Bell uh, was on Jimmy Kimmel the other night and she was talking about how she's sort of getting a jump start on getting a colonoscopy which isn't necessarily required at 41 but take a listen and then we'll discuss what did you do I got my first elective colonoscopy elective as opposed to forcible yeah, because you're supposed to get them at 50 if you have a family history, 45. Write this down, you guys. Yeah, no, have... I think you're supposed to get them at 45 regardless now, they say. Okay, 45, yeah, 45. regardless. I am 41. I was like, get in there. <laughs> Let's see what we got. <laughs> okay, so she got an elective colonoscopy. Now, I dated a guy who very unfortunately lost his grandfather because his grandfather waited a little too long. Mm-hmm. And once you're diagnosed, I want you to explain this. Like mm-hmm. once it's too far, it's like too far gone. So what is the importance of getting a colonoscopy and what age is the time that you're supposed to do it? So 45, uh, Jimmy was right. 45 for everyone who's at average risk of colon cancers. If you have a family history of colon cancer or you've had lots of polyps in the past or you've had colon cancer yourself, you need to be doing it earlier and you probably need to be doing it like yearly or every other year. So it used to be 50. It's now 45 for everyone. So Jimmy was totally right. So and I think Kristen's fine to go at 41. Maybe she has a family history, something like that. Who knows? But I will say the really scary statistic is that uh, incidences of colon cancer in people younger than 55 is up like 12% in the last 12 years, like 1% every year. And we don't really know why. And so this is literally why the official recommendations were lowered from 50 to 45, because we got to start catching these colon cancers earlier, because to your point, 
Like most cancers, if we catch it early, it's treatable. If we catch it too late, there's not a lot we can do. That's so scary and and so sad. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine, I mean, I don't want to imagine, but people who go to the hospital or to the doctors and they're diagnosed with like terminal cancer in some way. It's like, what do you do at that point? Nothing. However, her husband, on a lighter note, he takes his health very seriously. When he doesn't feel well, he just takes care of it himself because clearly he knows everything. Take a listen to what he did when it came to an eye that wasn't as strong as his other eye. You know, thinking that his eyesight is going. So rather than go to the eye doctor, he thought, wouldn't it be great if I just bought an eye patch? And so in the mornings when he's journaling, I look over and there is a pirate in my bed. And he's wearing an eye patch to what he says, train his other eye to be stronger. It worked. That does work, I think. Does it? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Now, to me, that just sounds like my papa. Like, I, I'm like, it totally makes sense. He's a pirate in my living room. <laughs> strengthening his uh, other eye. My, papa, my, my eye is not working. Don't worry, I'm a pirate. I, I love how Jimmy and Kristen's conversation, by the way, is every people who are non-medicals, medical conversation. Yeah, my husband's doing this with his eye. Well, I heard it works. Like, right? Isn't that every yeah. conversation? No, yeah, I heard yeah, that yeah. work. I read it somewhere, whatever. Interestingly... That does actually kind of work. Does it work? It does work, but I'm just not a fan of everyone taking every medical condition into your own hands. But like, I for for that one for Dax, one for Dax, zero for going to the doctor. So, okay, so he's on to something. Yeah. And so was my papa, who lit that tree on fire so my cousin at five years old could hose it down with my grandma's house, and my grandma was pissed. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, we always love talking about pop culture, so let's get into what's popping. Now, fans are threatening to boycott a TV show centering on Pamela Anderson's stolen sex tape after reports claim she feels violated by the unauthorized retelling of her trauma. Now, let me tell you this. I was so excited and absolutely fascinated 
with Pam and Tommy's relationship, Mm -hmm. as was the world. And I don't know if it was because she was just so hot and she was like the it girl and he was rock and roll. I mean, really, it was like what Kourtney and Kardashian and Travis Parker want to be right now. Yes. It was like... That's all a good comparison. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so everybody was fascinated when this sex tape came out and uh, apparently it was stolen by an electrician who wasn't being paid for his work because Tom and Pamela said that the work wasn't good and Tommy, did I call him Tom? Did I call him Tom? You did call Tom, like, <laughs> like you guys are friends. Not that, not his, he's like, my real name's Tommy, but you can call me Tom. You can call me Tom Cat. the other Cat. way around. Right, right. Uh, Apparently, the electrician never got paid for his poor work. He was threatened with a gun by Tommy and asked to leave the house. So he stole the safe out of their house with money, jewelry, guns, never knowing the sex tape was in there. Saw the sex tape, leaked it, and that's how we have the infamous sex tape. Uh, But from this new Hulu series, it's eight episodes set to release on February 2nd. It tells the whole story. Let's take a listen to one of the... um, or the audio of one of the clips. What the hell is this? I won't do that. How many copies of this are out there? Could be dozens. Pirated copies are spreading up all over the web. You don't seem to understand what a big deal this is. I'm on that tape just the same as you. But this is worse for me. How is this worse for you? Everyone wants me beautiful and perfect. Is that how you feel? Like you have to please people? It's all I do. Okay, you know what? This is really interesting. I think one of the points that comes up really for that hits really hard for me with this is that even in the trailer, Tommy's saying at the time, "How is this worse for you?" And I'm like, "Of course!" Like it turned Tommy into this sort of like God, sort of, because everyone got to see that he has been blessed in certain areas Mm -hmm. and is having sex with one of the most beautiful, like the it girl of the time, on a yacht in the middle of wherever they were. Totally. Like, and that. That's what, and so he prospered from this and maybe was a little traumatized by it. But then, when what you know, this is how we treat men, right? Everyone's like, oh, Tommy's got a big, you know what? And he's like hooking up with Pamela and great, good for him. His life's amazing. While in the meantime, Pamela's like completely traumatized by the whole thing. So, not only was she completely traumatized and absolutely destroyed by the media, even though that was her man. It feels like she's having to relive it again and fans are not happy. Apparently, Pamela did not sign off on Hulu to do a series about her and she's asked multiple times to not do it. It's very uncomfortable. Mm. Her good friend, Courtney Love, also spoke out in a now-deleted Facebook post and said, um, this is so effing outrageous. Uh, it's causing Pamela complex trauma. My heart goes out to Pammy. Shame on Lily James or whoever the F she is. Now, Lily James <laughs> is playing Pamela Anderson. Right. But the backlash may have Hulu rethinking about releasing it February 2nd. Because what I can't imagine is, how do you do, even if it's scripted, a story about someone's life who's still alive, who's saying, don't, don't make this. Don't do a story about my, or don't do a story about this aspect of my life. Right. And it's it's really complicated because we are, it's not complicated. If Pam does not want this story done, it should not be done, right? This is her business. Even though it was 
everyone, you know, the tape was out on the internet, and every uh, not everyone's seen it, but a lot of people have seen it. Everybody knows about it. Unfortunately, that's sort of the legacy of their relationship and of yep. their time together and all of these things. But at the end of the day, if this person is saying, "Hold on, I'm still alive. This is causing me a lot of trauma. It's impacting my career, my ability to make money, all these different things. I don't want this done." Like it shouldn't be done. There's an issue there. And yeah. it wasn't it didn't end up like Kim Kardashian for Pamela Anderson. Correct. She went into a dark hole, like dealt with a lot of depression that she mm-hmm. speaks about. And it's just another example of how women are treated still in Hollywood. Yep. She said no, don't make it. So don't make it. Yep. We'll keep you updated though. Now coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays. We're talking social media anxiety with Dr. James Gay, marriage Ooh. and family therapist. Do you feel pressure having yeah. to make posts? Whoa. And how to caption, what do you do? We talk about it in the next hour. The Morning Beat. Channel Q. Welcome to The Morning Beat. Now, AJ Gibson is out for the rest of the week, but it gives us an opportunity. Dr. Jimmy Simmy in the house. How we feeling, Jimmy Sim? (laughs) Uh, Feeling fantastic. So excited and happy to be here. Thank you for having me. As always, we have a little key here on The Morning Beat when Dr. James is here (laughs) with Michaela and producer Vanessa. Like, we have a little key key in here, and sometimes we're like, oh, yeah, we go live in three, two, shoot. And we're like, oh, wait, we're on. And we're, and, and we're back. I know. Well, we love, I love doing things with you. I love going to weddings with you. Oh, my God. We, we slay weddings. People need to be paying us for that. They absolutely I'm do. Not lying. I love going to Palm Springs with you. <laughs> Why, whatever. What happens in Palm Springs stays We in go Palm to Springs, Pride right? and then we just live our lives. And then we, <laughs> someone re tagged me in some video that they posted of, of dance me dancing on that stage. I was dancing on that stage in Palm Springs, you know, just like right down here. Yeah. It was wild. I had no idea that I was like living my life. DJ Alex D was giving it to me. Like I was like living for everything. And they were like, Dr. James, this makes me so happy because you were clearly like on a different planet. Like you, I forgot what they said, but I was clearly like very happy, not paying attention to anyone else, just like living and dancing. It was great. Shout out to Palm Springs. That was such a great pride. And now you're here in studio with me and we're having some really important conversations. It's Therapy Thursday. And Dr. James Gay, a marriage and family therapist, is joining us because... Do you get anxiety when it comes to social media? Do you find that it's difficult for you to post? But what if it's also part of your job? How do you navigate? I'll say for myself, I'm doing, uh, I'm releasing an album in July. Mm. And so I've deleted everything off of my social media. There's not one post except for the one that announces that the album is coming out. And it made me feel a type of way. Yeah. I felt a way. But um, I think it's important. He's also going to talk about friends on social media. Can you have a best friend who you've never met that you just share DMs with? I totally feel like you can because yes. I have like seven of them right now. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Have you done the thing where I ran into somebody the other day and I was like, Oh my God, babe, what's up? How are you? Oh my God, I love you. And they were like, hey, okay. And then I literally thought about it and I was like, oh my God, you don't know me. Uh-huh. I know you uh-huh. from social media totally and I know everything that. about you. Totally so I thought that, that I knew you. Uh-huh. I, they don't know me. I may or may not have done that with some celebrities, but we'll save that for we'll, the next segment. We'll save There's it for the next segment. We're talking social media for Therapy Thursday. So for now, let's get into a little bit of news on the beat. Uh, the unanimous decision overturned a ruling from a lower court after two men filed complaints about the women-only areas at Stratford's Edge Fitness Club and Bloomfield's Club Fitness. The gyms argued that there is an implied exemption to state anti-discrimination law for gender privacy 
that allows them to keep certain areas women only. They said that gyms, unlike other businesses, are male-dominated and need spaces just for women. LGBTQ advocates involved in the case argued that gender-specific spaces could unintentionally lead to discrimination against LGBTQ people. By created a new legal exemption to anti-discrimination law for gender privacy, whereas religious groups argued that women whose religions prevented them from exercising in front of men needed the space to do so. Other arguments included giving the women, giving women the right to a workout space that shields them from male harassment. GLBTQ legal advocates and defenders argued in a friend of the court brief that the risk of discrimination posed by women-only workout spaces outweigh any benefits. This is a tough one because I find that there are gyms now that are, um, there's a room where it's just women only. Mm-hmm. And I tend to always work out in that area mm-hmm. because um, I love to work out. And I love to work out hard and I squat and I squat really heavy and my pants are tight and I, I've gotten catcalled and I've gotten like in switching weights. It gives people an opportunity. Like I'll be in the middle of like taking weights off and putting on. And it's that one moment of a man being able to come up to me and hit on me or say something inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And it's so uncomfortable. And not that I'm all that. It it just happens to women. I mean, you are. Well, I love you. But it's like, I, I don't like it. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. I don't want to deal with it when I'm going to the gym. Absolutely. I'm not trying to turn anybody on. Yeah. And You're just it, trying to work out. Yeah. And you and don't need all of this other drama and the misogyny and the weird treatment of, of women and women identified people in this country that like in the world. Yeah. In your workout. You're like, I'm here for an hour. Like, let me do my thing. Leave me alone. Yeah. It's I have one hour. And uh, and I know a lot of women deal with that. So it's, I, it's tough. It's important. It is important. a tough one. Yeah. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be 72 in Palm Springs today, 75 in Cathedral City, and 30 in Chicago. Differing weather everywhere. Chicago. Chicago. Yesterday it was like negative two, and I was like, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. I, one of my best friends lives in Chicago, and yesterday he was like, I think it's going to get up to seven today, and the sun's <gasps> out, so I might like go to Starbucks. And I was like, I no. don't miss that at all. I miss you. I don't miss the weather. I could never. No, all right, never. give us a vibe. So we're going with healing. Right, so yeah. it's not always easy to not let your past traumas invade or sabotage new situations that could potentially be great for you. Congratulate yourself if you've been trying your best to learn, unlearn, and relearn. Love that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. We the urban. Thank you. Okay. Oh, I know you love that. I you love, love that. That's my jam. Yeah. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays. We're joined with James Gay, marriage and family therapist. Do you have anxiety when it comes to social media and how do you use it if it's for your work mm. but still don't want to? We'll discuss next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome to The Morning Beat. Now, AJ Gibson is out the rest of this week and we send him our love, but it gives us room to have Jimmy Simmy in... 
Jim Simmons. Oh, Dr. Jim Simmons. I love when you join us. <laughs> I love being here. I love when you y'all have I love to be had here. I love to be had here. <laughs> well, I love you because you do really fabulous. And if you haven't checked him out, daily doses on your Instagram, mm-hmm. we're in a really fun way. You sort of educate uh people that follow you on sort of what's going on medically. If it's COVID, if it's seasonal colds, you let people know it's going on, but not like in a doctor kind of way. Right. I try not to be boring. I try to be like, you know, whatever, because people are scrolling through Instagram. Like, they're not there to be like a super serious lecture. But also, I'm like, I'm going to take this opportunity to educate you for now 60 seconds on Reels on Instagram, and people seem to like it, I guess. Yeah, they love it. But do you find that now that they're gaining popularity, that you find pressure having to post? Like, literally in this exact very moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I normally post by now in the morning and I try to do this. because. And here's where it comes in. People literally have told me, I mean, hundreds of people so far have been like, you're my primary source of COVID information. That's a lot of pressure. I'm like, wow. I just have all of a sudden become like the New York Times or the whatever WebMD of COVID stuff. But people don't like reading that stuff. They like learning about it in 60 seconds. And I... So I'm like, people are expecting this stuff, and if but if I don't post by 7.30 in the morning, my numbers aren't as good, and then it doesn't get the engagement, and then all that other like dumb crap comes in, and I'm like, ah, why am I doing this? And then nothing sometimes ever happens because I just get paralyzed. Yeah, so even though you're a doctor, now you have like a social media job causing mm-hmm. anxiety. Yep. And I think that that's where it gets tricky for people, for myself as well. I have an album coming out. I deleted everything on my social media, and I want to start over. And I found I had anxiety too, so we're joined sure. with Marriage and Family therapist James Gay for Therapy Thursdays to navigate anxiety when it comes to social media. Thank you for joining us, James. So what is some advice that you have to deal with the pressure that we feel? Well, first of all, I just want to relate. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Amen. It is real, right? The social pressures to post at a particular time, you know, our desire for validation and recognition of what we do or what we're putting out there in the world, you know, whether certain posts get, you know, more traction than others, you know, the algorithms that keep us on there and then change and we have to reorient to, to doing it a different way way it's just really really mentally and physically exhausting (laughs) so totally can be yeah right so first things first is just to recognize the impact that it's having and you know if there's any way to come back to you know the purpose at hand what is our core mission in life you know how can we lead from that place more of the time versus chasing the numbers or the followers or the reactions, you know, the more that we can come from a place of like, okay, this is what I want to put out in the world, whether it's singing or music or, you know, advice about COVID or whatever it happens to be, the more that we can be in alignment with that, the better it usually feels. I, I really love that, like being in line with, with your purpose of this. And I, I sort of want to also, you know, Dr. James, relate this to folks who aren't using social media as a part of their career, right? Or or don't yeah. have like, you know, I think I probably put an undue burden on myself to have this like, you know, in my Instagram cannot be people's primary source of information, whether they tell me or not, right? But they're, <laughs> but that's, right. we're, we're rarities, right? And talking yeah, about yeah. this, most folks still feel some sort of anxiety about posting to social media 
even if they're not doing it for a career. So even if you don't have those sort of career things involved in posting to social media, how do folks start to kind of dial back that anxiety and deal with that in terms of social media? Yeah, well, I think it's it's it coming back to why do we do it in the first place? What's our motivation? What do we get out of it? You know, it, it we all need uh, validation and attention and recognition. That is perfectly valid. It's part of being human. It's part of being social creatures. But it can get to an extreme or out of hand where we are feeling our own worth and value by the responses that we get online or by comparing ourselves to our own detriment with others. And so, you know, if we're doing that, it's important to recognize that it's happening in the first place and, you know, to do some, you know, to pause, to self-reflect and and to come back to or get, you know, some support from friends or family or professionals um, to really feeling that our worth and our value isn't something that can be given to us by a post response or anything else. It is our birthright and, and, and to really, you know, work on that internal validation um, just as much, if not more so than the external. Well, James, we want to continue this conversation, but one thing I want to mention as well is total transparency. I've been having uh, a really difficult time in therapy. I opened the chapter to talking with my dad again. A lot of things that I've suppressed for a long time are coming up. And so I noticed that I'm having a very normal struggle right now. Um, And so I reached out to a friend of mine who wanted to take me to lunch just to take me. And I said, I'm so sorry, I don't want to go because I'm not feeling up to it. And it opened up a conversation. And he Mm. said, Michaela, I'm really sorry. Sorry, I haven't checked in on you. It looks like your life is so fabulous in your Instagram stories mm-hmm. and in your posts. I never thought to check on you. And for me, I was like, I need to get more transparent because I felt very alone. Like nobody is checking on me. Nobody cares. And he was like, babe, according to your Instagram post, you're living the high life. Right. So, life you know, incredible. also like, remember that it's a highlight reel. Check on your friends. Yep. Now, yeah. speaking of friends, What if you have uh, a very great connection with somebody on social media, but you've never met them? Are you real friends just because you DM every day? We're going to continue this conversation with James Gay coming up next. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Okay, so it's Therapy Thursdays, and we are joined with James Gay, marriage and family therapist. Now, in the last break, we talked about the anxiety we feel uh, when it comes to social media, whether you're posting, whether you're comparing yourself. But the benefit of social media sometimes is that you meet new people, and sometimes those people can become friends, even if you've never met. I know during the pandemic, we didn't have a chance to really see people. So we got to just talk a lot through DMs and texting. However, earlier in the week, we talked about inviting, um, but not feeling obligated to um, inviting people. Like if you get invited to a party or Mm -hmm. a wedding, Mm -hmm. we often feel obligated to then invite people to our wedding because they let us. But how do you navigate when someone follows you and they go, okay, well, follow me back. But you don't want to follow them back. Maybe you have no interest in following them back. James, how do you set that boundary when it comes to friends on social media? Yeah, that's a really tough one. I mean, it's so, people can get their feelings hurt so easily. We all can. 
And, you know, it's, it's often because we're interpreting that action and creating meaning from it that somehow we're valuing them more than they're valuing us if they don't follow back. But there can be a lot of um, reasons for that, right? You can't follow everyone. You can't be everyone's best friend. And we have to be selective. And even if we enjoy their com- companionship or DMs or friendship or whatever else, you know, it's, um, it, it, it doesn't always make sense to do so. So, you know, I think it's okay to be kind about it and generous and just like, Hey, thanks for following me. I'm, I'm only following certain accounts. I hope you will understand. And, you know, again, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just a a minefield for hurt feelings. I think (laughs) now, now I love that you actually say that, like, putting that out there because sometimes that that in that when that's happened to me in that situation i'm like i'm not just gonna say anything i'm not gonna like bring it up but you are are you actually recommending that like if i guess if someone calls you out for not following them back you can just be like hey i'm only following certain accounts for xyz reason like Mm -hmm. it's okay to have that conversation even in dms yeah you know i mean i i think most things are better when you can hear the tone and see the nonverbal communication but if that isn't something you've already done to date you know then then yeah if you're asked about it I think a a kind, you know, response that doesn't go into every gory detail, but it's not like you have to apologize for it, but some level of explanation and recognition of the discrepancy there. And, and you can also just say, Hey, and I understand if that doesn't feel good. And if you want to unfollow, no heart, no hurt feelings. Um, you know, I, I'd like to support each other in, in other ways, too. Now, I have a question for you. I, uh, If you're just tuning in, it's Therapy Thursdays. We're joined with uh, James, gay marriage and family therapist on the uh, anxiety of social media. I feel like a lot of people, I'll say for myself, sometimes I've been hyped up so much by the people that follow me on Instagram or I've started a conversation with somebody I really admire and now we talk often in DMs. Mm. I think that happens for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Could you say that just because you've never met that person, does that still qualify as a real friendship or are we delusional? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> there's all different kinds of friends, some, you know, that are situational or for a particular reason, you know, like you just described. And, you know, it, it has a certain level of benefits and and limitations, right? And so if you'd want that to translate to a deeper friendship or a more three-dimensional one, you could start out by having a phone call or a webcam, you know, and then maybe meeting up in person when it's safe enough to do so, you know? So it's, yeah, you know, I don't think that there's any need to, you know, it's, it's almost like someone saying, this is my best friend. Well, who's your worst friend then? We don't necessarily need to compare each other's friends. Oh. You better bring the knowledge today, <laughs> oh, Dr. James Gay. Okay. You better drop the hammer just like that. Well, who's your worst friend? <gasps> I never. I never. <laughs> you know, a friend of mine said this. It kind of feels like this advice my friend told me yesterday. She said, yeah, it was about her ex. And she goes, um, yeah, you know, like he was such a nice guy. And her other friend was like, yeah, but he did all this really bad stuff and she's like and nobody did all this good stuff and she goes well honey not everybody is 100% evil and I was like oh 
Okay. Oh. Oh, uh-huh. got it. You're right. Uh-huh. And then I was like, now in this conversation, I'm like, yeah, I've never been like, that's my, this is my best friend. That's my this worst friend. This is my friend. worst friend. Hi, I'd like to introduce you to my worst <laughs> right. friend. All right, Dr. James. Okay, Dr. I love James. it. Thank you. We, uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you missed sure. any of this conversation, which was so great, you can always download our, download our podcast at odyssey.com or weirdchannelq.com. Now coming up in What's Poppin', Hugh Hefner's decades-long romance uh, with another man is being exposed, and we've got all the details coming up next. B morning B channel Q. All right, let's get into what's popping because this story is very juicy. Now, a lot, je sais, a lot is coming out um, against the Playboy Mansion, Hugh Hefner, um, that drugs were involved, that these women were forced to have sex with Hugh Hefner. Mm, but not good. This story um, coming out, it's newly released um, on A&E, and the documentary is deep diving into secrets of Playboy, um, where they talk about Hugh Hefner having a decade-long romance with another man, Dr. Mark Saginor. Now, apparently, uh, they had a very much publicized friendship that spanned over four decades, but now Saginor's daughter, Jennifer, who grew up living in the Playboy Mansion with her father and Hefner, and Hefner's one-time girlfriend, Sandra Sandra Theodore, kind of the most famous for being Hugh's girlfriend, Mm -hmm, uh, confirms... They were more than just friends. She said their friendship was next level. They were just soulmates. All the girls would sort of come over and go over the years, but they remained constants. Uh, They had a physical relationship in the context of these different orgies. The orgies sort of started as something that was an opportunity for them to experience their open sexuality. And then over the years, Mark gave up his family gave up his practice and it was all to be with Hugh Hefner. He moved into the Playboy Mansion and it was just more than a best friendship. It stayed that way and then in 2017 uh, Mark, Dr. Mark Saginor um, had faced charges of sexual misconduct and had his medical license suspended for a time. Mm. So they briefly grew apart. That was uh, that was in the early 2000s. I'm sorry. Right. And then came together um, before 2017 2017 when Hugh Hefner passed and it was Mark actually that sat with him until he passed away and they apparently were lovers I mean this is she says point blank it is my firm belief that my dad was Hugh Hef- the love of Hugh Hefner's life well and Dr. Mark Sagner is still alive it's not like he's not right like she's saying Can't. my dad is was Hugh's lover was Hugh's which is I mean I guess that this doesn't this doesn't ultimately surprise me. I really feel like if we we need to bring Dr. James Gay back on. But I like know. I feel like if you dig into the psychology of like the I guess I don't know how to say this in the right way, but like everything that Hugh Hefner did and stood for and the playboyness of it all and all of the women around and all of these things and doing all of this, I feel like Yes, there's room for people to be, of course, of course, of course, bisexual and pansexual and queer and all these different things. But I also, this to me kind of smells like someone who's worked really hard to cover his gayness. Well, you know, oddly, I totally agree with you. But I think for us, we're like, yeah, I could see that for middle America, (laughs) for all of these men that worshipped 
Hugh Hefner, for all of the toxic masculinity, for all of the men that go to Vegas wanting to have all of these women, like, what are they thinking? Like, Mm -hmm. that's why I think the messaging is so crazy Mm -hmm. to know that this man that was on top of the world with all of these women in the end was gay. Right. The playboy of all playboys. Yeah. Like, literally the playboy. Yeah. Was maybe actually gay. or And if not gay, at least, like... The the lo- and I feel like what's really interesting is that she talks a lot more about the spiritual connection between right. the two of them, right? Like the spiritual and the emotional connection between the two of them, and so many of the other women who were involved in the Playboy Mansion, whether girlfriends or models living there or whatever, say the same thing that like, oh yeah, like Dr. Mark was was Hughes totally like love. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's interesting. And could this story coming out change how men view women? Men were so sexual. I mean, women have been so sexualized. I mean, the play. Boy Mansion, those parties were insane. Mm-hmm. I never went to them because I wasn't pretty enough. They wouldn't let me in. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela Gordon. <laughs> but I. But how does that change the dynamic yes. of how men see women? Yes. Just very interesting to me, and uh, I'm I I'm gonna check out the documentary. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is it. Although I get, now that we since we talked about Pam and Tommy's documentary, I hope Dr. Mark uh, Signor has signed off on this. I guess, but yeah, this is a very very interesting thing to see, and will spark a lot of great conversation. Uh, thousand percent. All right, coming up at our next hour, it's Red, White, and Q. Could Biden possibly appoint an LGBTQ person to the Supreme Court? We're joined with Ruben Gonzalez, the executive director of LGBTQ Victory Institute in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. AJ Gibson is out the rest of this week, but it gives us an opportunity to get close to my lovely Dr. James Simone's. Who that be? Simone Biles. Who'd that be? De- Dr. James Simone, Simone Biles. Biles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up this I hour, I wish too. It's Red, White, and Q. Uh, big news coming out of the White House yesterday and for Democrats. Could Biden possibly appoint an LGBTQ person to the Supreme Court? Also, does this leave room for a strong black woman to finally have her seat? Woman. Woman. Uh, we'll be joined with Ruben Gonzalez, the executive director of LGBTQ Vic. Victory Institute. Also, an interesting topic. Could your good hygiene be making you gain weight? Mm. It sounds interesting, uh, but Dr. James Simmons, we have you on so you can break it all down. Because if you remember, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis were criticized for not uh, taking showers every day. But were they onto something? They maybe we're onto something. I said this back then. I was like, maybe we don't need to take showers every day. I believe I said this on our sister show, Let's Go There. And I believe Ryan Mitchell was like, you are insane, Did Dr. he drag James. you? Oh, for filth. And now you're right. And for fil- like, literally for <clears throat> filth. He dragged you literally Maybe, for filth. Maybe, Dr. <laughs> I get it, for <laughs> filth, right? Yes. All right, but for now, let's get into a little news on the beat. So Pope Francis called on parents around the world to not condemn children if they are gay. Francis made the comments while speaking about the biblical figure, Joseph, during his weekly general audience. He addressed parents facing difficult situations Situations in the lives of their children, such as kids who are sick, imprisoned, or killed in car accidents. But he also addressed parents who see that their children of different sexual orientations, how they manage that and accompany their children and not hide behind the condemning attitude. Never condemn a child, he said. Church teachings consider homosexual activity intrinsically disordered, though it calls for gay and lesbian people to be respected. Now, in 2013, Francis said he would not judge gay priests, telling reporters if someone is gay and he researches 
uh, and he searches for the Lord and has goodwill. Who am I to judge? He also called gay and transgender people children of God and endorsed civil unions. But the Vatican said last year that the Catholic Church and its priests cannot bless same-sex unions because God cannot bless sin. I will tell you uh, one of the things <laughs> that I'm, I'm going to say this. I uh, When my grandma, uh, before she passed, when I started dating Lisa, my grandma was a Eucharistic minister and a catechism teacher, very involved in the Catholic Church, Our Lady of Las Vegas. And when I told her that I was with Lisa, because she only knew that I was with men before, um, she took me to JCPenney. I tell the story all the time. And she got a crucifix. She got it blessed by the priest and gave that to Lisa as a way to be like, welcome to our family. Wow. And it was a big deal. That's she was intense. 90 at the time. Or maybe at the point yeah. she was like 88 years old. And um, look, it just you gotta let people love who they love. When my grandma did that to me, I wrote a whole album about her, and she's it's coming out July 18th, <laughs> her birthday. Like, love people, and How they will appreciate epic. it so much. They, she was the light of my life. They really will. And th- this whole, you know, religion and, and queerness, whatever, is a really, really complicated topic. It's par- I, At one point in time, I don't know if you know this, Michaela, at one point in time, I thought I wanted to go into the ministry. My mom was wow. a pediatric ICU nurse, left nursing, and became a minister in the United Methodist Church. So I grew up like a pastor's kid. And I thought I wanted to do it. And then literally the United Methodist Church still to this day says you can be gay, but you can't practice being gay. So you cannot be a self-avowed practicing homosexual and be a minister. So I was like, I'm out. I never looked back. And but it's 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 left a hole sort of in the community that I had built in the church. So it's really interesting. And I, I never thought in a million years I would hear the Pope say things like this, although we're not there yet, girl. She needs to be doing better. We're not, but I'll tell but, you. We're getting there. I I hear you. I went to Catholic school, and my mother also was a lesbian, and I remember her bringing her very butch girlfriends to my events in Catholic school, Mm, and And I was only in, like, fourth, fifth grade, and the kids were so mean, and they only knew it because of their parents. Right. So their parents would talk about my mom, and, like, you feel that as a kid. You know what's up. Absolutely. And so hopefully with the Pope saying this, really what it does is lighten everybody up a little bit Mm -hmm. so that kids that are parents of, of... our community, um, yep. that parents that are a part of our community, don't get it so tough. Yeah. It's just crazy religion and being Ooh, gay. That's a whole damn show that's, itself. Okay, honey. Get Vivian on the phone. Uh, okay, let's get into some weather. <laughs> it's going to be a high of 72 in Palm Springs, uh, 80 in Miami, and a high of uh, 75 in La Quinta. La Quinta. so nice. It is. Now give us a vibe of the day, please. Deciding to move forward in a healthy way is a very brave thing to do. Ooh. Sometimes we just like to live in that trauma, but deciding to get out of it, deciding to figure out how to move forward in a healthy way is the brave thing to do. I know that's right. Go out and be Watch, brave. Well, you better start calling me Dr. James Gay instead of Dr. Jimmy Sidney because I'm, bring, I'm bringing the heat today. Are you a marriage and family I, therapist? I mean, apparently. <laughs> I mean, not to take anything away from Dr. James Gay, but I just I just gave all that to you. So, like, I, now I'm a marriage and family therapist. I feel like your name is James. I feel like you are gay. So I feel like you're basically James I'm Gay. I'm just basically <laughs> James Gay. <laughs> it's the same person. Just given... I mean, right. I, <clears throat> I throw my voice. It sounds different. It's a whole thing. It's right. They, we'll be... And we'll be back more with Dr. James Gay Simmons. <laughs> the Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. I am American, American, American. History could be made in the Supreme yeah. Court. 
And we are so excited because the possibility of an LGBTQ black woman be the new uh, judge on the Supreme Court. It sounds like if we said that just a few years ago, that would never be the case, but it could happen. And we have the executive director of LGBTQ Victory Institute, Ruben Gonzalez, joining us. Ruben, I know that you, uh, that the Institute put out an ask after Biden said that he would in fact appoint a black woman to make sure she was an LGBTQ black woman because the Supreme Court has never had uh, a person of LGBTQ or a black woman ever on the Supreme Court. It's a big deal. What do you think he's going to do? Absolutely. You know, first, it's important for us to remind people that it's not an either or option. It doesn't mean that we have to pick a black woman or an LGBTQ person. Too often when we're talking about representation, uh, people forget about intersectionality. So victory is here to remind folks that there are several qualified LGBTQ black women who could serve on the Supreme Court uh, to replace uh, Justice Breyer. It's also can't be overstated how important the Supreme Court is for LGBTQ equality. There's been so many landmark cases that have advanced LGBTQ equality, and we feel like the perspective of having an LGBTQ black woman on the Supreme Court would continue to advance equality for our community. I really absolutely love this, Ruben. This is Dr. James. And, um, you know, I, I think talking about intersectionality with this and sort of even just, you know, in our communities, I think we're pretty good about that, about talking about intersectionality, but often it's good to remind sort of the world that it doesn't have to be an either or. Now, I, I, I sort of am wondering your, uh, you know, opinion and your thoughts um, as the executive director of the Victory Institute in terms of the backlash that the Biden administration is receiving from already saying, you know, we we gar- we will absolutely appoint a black woman. You know, you have some of those on the political right are saying, well, isn't this, you know, uh, shouldn't you qual- appoint the most qualified person, right? Like, why put those qualifications on it now? And then you're adding on onto that, you know, this intersectionality of it potentially being a queer person as well. Like, what are you saying to the political right who are, you know, giving this backlash? You know, I'd say to the political right that they have pushed very hard to get people that represent their perspectives on the Supreme Court. And it's 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 been absent for far too long to have a perspective of a black woman on the highest court in the land is far overdue. And I think President Biden is absolutely right that that perspective is needed. And we absolutely know that there are many qualified black women and many qualified LGBTQ black women to take that space. And so I really kind of... uh, bristle at the thought of the right saying that there's not people or that we should be thinking about qualifications. Of course, we're thinking about both. And we're thinking about the most qualified people. And in this case, most qualified people also can happen to be black women and LGBTQ black women. I don't think we're sacrificing anything around qualifications or around the quality of a justice because we're picking somebody who is going to represent more Americans that aren't represented on the Supreme Court yet. Ruben, let's talk about some of the women that are qualified. It's incredible to know there's a coalition of more than 30 LGBTQ, uh, black LGBTQ <clears throat> women that would be great, but specifically U.S. District Court Judge Stacey Yandel and Washington yes. State Supreme Court Justice G. Helen uh, Whitener are two people that you guys really are talking about. For people that aren't familiar with uh, Judge Stacy or um, Helen Whitener, tell, tell, tell us about those women. Well, there's an impressive list of qualified black women that's already being circulated in the media. We've seen some fantastic names being circulated yesterday as soon as the announcement went out. Uh, at Victory, we want to make sure that we are also including those names, uh, Judge Yandel, 
and Judge Whitener to show that there are qualified black women from our community as well that can help represent uh, that intersectionality. Uh, Judge Whitener is also an immigrant. Uh, she's a Trinidad an American, uh, born in Trinidad and now lives in Washington. Uh, she has a very esteemed career on the court. Uh, but, to, you know, to have an immigrant experience, she also uh, identifies as somebody with a disability. And so to have that perspective wow. is also a unique perspective. Um, Judge Yandel, also a really impressive career out of Illinois. And we know she would do a fantastic job, and she's already doing a fantastic job in the district court. And so we want to make sure that we're also considering qualified LGBTQ black women as well in this uh, in this conversation right now. Ruben, Democrats have vowed, you know, as of this morning already to say that they're going to move pretty quick on this process, which I think is really smart. You know, there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, it's, it's the likelihood that Republicans, you know, retake Congress um, in the midterms and we need to make this process happen beforehand. I should say Democrats <laughs> need to make this process happen beforehand. Do you see any sort of barriers with the process potentially moving very, very quickly in that being a barrier to potentially having a, uh, an LGBTQ and or black person, a woman being nominated? Well, we've seen how quickly the Senate can move. We know that this does not require a uh, filibuster proof sort of count there. We can get this done with our 50 plus one uh, votes in the Senate. And so we expect this to be able to move quickly. Uh, I hope that the Democrats uh, will unite around a really strong person. Um, I expect that President Biden will deliver on his promise to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court and know that there are several qualified black women that should not have any trouble getting through a nomination. I don't think that there would be any issue with um, this Congress supporting a qualified LGBTQ black woman. I don't think that would be a flag for anyone. We've seen um, LGBTQ people confirmed by the Senate. We've seen the Biden administration make history this year by nominating the first two Senate confirmed trans people. And those uh, those to uh, be confirmed by the court. That's uh, Dr. Rachel Levine and Sean Skelly. Uh, so we know that the Senate will confirm folks from our community. That won't be a barrier. And so, you know, it's our job to help to uh, put into the conversation some really qualified LGBTQ black women like Judge Yandel and Judge Whitener. And so they can be part of that conversation. Um, we, we hope they would be considered by the Biden administration because we think they would represent the country well and bring a really unique perspective to the Supreme Court. Uh, Ruben Gonzalez, thank you so much for joining us and for all the work that you are doing, the executive director of LGBTQ Victory Institute. We look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, could your good hygiene actually be making you gain weight? Dr. James Simmons tells us about it coming up Who'd next. Who that be? The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. That was Lady Gaga born this way. And let me tell you, it's just a boop of old boops. I love that song. It immediately puts me in a good mood. Safety in Maine. You know how you make up words to songs and you can't understand things? Yep. In my head, she says, safety in Maine. Like it's like an intersection of the streets of safety safety and Maine. Maine. Not same DNA, but safety. Well, listen, that's okay. I recently just found out that reach out and touch me is really reach out and touch (laughs) faith. faith. And I was like, no, it's not. I was like fighting with the facts. I Uh was like, that's not Uh what the words Uh are. It doesn't make sense. It's mustard bean love. We could do. Oh, mustard bean love. It's mustard bean love. Love. 
but it's over now. I could do this all day because my brain is wild. Maybe we'll make this a segment tomorrow because I I love messing up words. I love it. Um, What I also love Uh is singing these songs in the shower, which is where I really have the most beautiful concerts. I can be in a shower washing this weave, Mm -hmm. singing the wrong words, and living my truth. (laughs) Living all of it. But apparently... Uh, too good of hygiene, showering too much is could be making you gain weight. <laughs> she's she's having a moment, everyone. I don't know if you Fix heard it. that. Uh, we can clearly see it in here. Okay, Fix so it. we baited, baited you in just a little bit. We clickbait you just a little bit with this headline because it's not the act of cleaning yourself too much, which has some other health sort of weird issues that go along with it. It's actually some of the chemical compounds in the plastic that is holding your shampoo that you wash that beautiful weave with. Some of those compounds Mm -hmm. have been found to do two different things. Cause currently existing adipose cells, adipose is fat cells, cause existing adipose cells in your body to proliferate, meaning grow bigger and multiply, and... Another chemical compound found very commonly in some of the plastic that we use in things like, you know, my body wash and, you know, my shaving cream for my head. Some of the chemicals found in those that make the plastic also can take our stem cells, so our very, like, originator cells, and cause them to turn into fat cells instead of, like, whatever other cell they might have, you know, whatever journey they wanted to go on. So this is some wild research. I literally what had to... What kind of sick world are we living in? I know. So bottom line... These researchers are saying, we're showing again, by the way, they've been looking at this for about 15 years. They're saying, we're again showing that there are some compounds in plastic that like might be making us fat. So much to break down. Okay, I, so I, <laughs> no, you're saying that when I check my dressings for my salad for the calorie count, I now have to turn my shampoo bottle over uh-huh. to see if that too will make me fat. I mean, specifically, there's one bisphenol. I swear to God. A. I swear to God. Uh-huh. But this is. I'm a- triggered. <laughs> I'm triggered. Uh huh. And I don't like it. This is crazy to me. So, what am I supposed to wash my weave with? Well, I mean, uh, the, the people who are onto water in a box are onto something. Like it's What's literally water in a box. It's literally the packaging that contains your shampoo. So like your shampoo and the things that you beat your face with, and whatever, those are fine. The packaging that they're in, that plastic seeps mm. into the stuff. Mm. And some of the chemicals in those plastics, they can show in a laboratory environment, I will say, in a petri dish, they'll literally expose one of our cells to that chemical and all of a sudden like that cell will just like turn into a fat cell. Or if it was already a fat cell, it'll grow bigger and multiply. Okay, so let's say I want herbal essence, right? I want to like <laughs> be feeling myself. Uh-huh. Listen, you remember those commercials, I honey? Do. Me like, and my oh, grandma. Yes. My grandma uh, would get so uncomfortable when the herbal course, essence commercials come on. Right. She was like, we. She, it was alluring that she was having an orgasm, but then really it was just herbal essence. So then me and my grandma went and bought herbal essence shampoo and we smelled all the bottles. And then when I was in the shower and I was like maybe seven, <laughs> I was like, ooh. No, you did it. Uh, no, you yes, did I did because I didn't know what she was doing. I thought she was just happy that I was doing the commercial in the shower. And then your grandma was like, freaking and then my grandma was like, out. You're seven, stop. You're a freak. <laughs> you weirdo. Um, listen, but, herbal essence. Listen, herbal essence, calm down. 
do I then, should I be taking the herbal essence and putting it in packaging when I buy it from the store? Or is it already poisoned? I think it's already exposed. So the, the, the long story short here is you don't need to do anything right now. But what we need to do is sort of like a species is, A, we have a plastic problem in general, right? Like just with pollution and, and the plastic thing in the ocean and all that stuff. But what we're seeing is that there may be this underlying cause that are causing some people to become obese that might have something to do with nothing we ever thought about before. For, which is the packaging of the products that we use to clean ourselves or feed ourselves or whatever. And they continue to find that there might actually be some truth in this link. That's wild. Uh-huh. So cheeseburgers are back in. Bathing is out. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Meet. It's time for a little What's Poppin'. And this story is wild. Now, the headline feels a little... Sketch. It says Kanye uh, scouts Skid Row for homeless people for his fashion show. So people started dragging him. They were like, not scouting Skid Row. Uh huh. For your fashion for a show. Fashion show. However, this is why headlines can be deceiving because actually, what he's saying is, in an effort to address the homeless crisis in Los Angeles, Kanye West is tapping into um, trying to get to Skid Row, find homeless people that he can also employ, and he wants to do something new—a collaborative clothing line with streetwear brand Skid Row Fashion Week, a company that donates a portion of all clothing sales to helping those living in the downtown LA neighborhood and employs the Home Insecure in its manufacturing uh, factory. The trademark's founder, David Sebastian, claimed to TMZ that he and the fa- and the Father Stretch My Hands MC met earlier this month while the rapper was recording Donda 2 at his studio in LA's Art District, which is near Skid Row, and hatched the plan to create a Yeezy X Skid Row Fashion Week collab now uh kanye did not immediately respond and then he did confirm it he said uh he will also reportedly donate 100 percent of the proceeds uh towards aiding the less fortunate on skid row there are 60,000 people currently living on skid row the brand states in a video promo uh thousands of men women and children all living in tents because our government refuses to spend the, the three billion dollars they have in the reserve to eradicate this cancer we call homelessness. A purchase from Skid Row Fashion Week will help us employ house feed and start the process of rehabilitation with our programs and services. Look, drag him, say what you will, but the homeless crisis is out of control here in Los Angeles. It's and everywhere. devastating and everywhere. <clears throat> this woman outside of my apartment, um, this tiny woman, uh, was sleeping on uh, under a mattress the other night. And it's just sad to see. Like, it's you feel a bit helpless. Yeah, I, I think we do feel helpless. And I, you're right, the headlines can be deceiving. You know, you, you kind of led with that. And it's very true. Like, immediately I was like, oh, okay, here we go. I almost thought, like, Zula, wasn't it in Zoolander 2 or something? One of those crazy movies where yeah. they're, like, doing homeless chic and yes. whatever. And I was like, uh, we're not doing this. Like, it's 2022 now. But I feel like that, that first of all, everything that that Kanye touches is some sort of controversy. So even if there are like completely altruistic motives in this, like he really is trying to help, 
someone's going to find a way to drag him. Yeah. But also, I, I think as long as these things are being done carefully and there's transparency in where the money is going, right? right. So you can say these things, oh, we're going to help Skid Row, we're going to employ these folks, we're going to do all of this, and 100% of the proceeds due to XYZ and blah, blah, blah. And this organization, Skid Row Fashion Week, that clothing brand, they're legit and blah, blah, blah. You can say all these things and it looks good from a PR standpoint, but are you actually getting money to the organizations and to the people that will help move the needle and help these individuals who are, you know, housing insecure right now. So I, if this is really happening, and I say this with a lot of passion as someone who is on the board of an organization who works very, very hard to provide resources, um, HIV testing, HIV care, mental health resources, food, housing, etc., to specifically LGBTQ homeless youth here in Los Angeles. So I have a lot of passion around this topic. I'm very connected to this topic. And so from that standpoint, if Kanye and Skid Row Fashion Week are going to live up to their promise and do what they say and all the money's going to go there, great. We're all for it. I hope the money is directed in a right, in a, in a well-constructed way that is very transparent. Otherwise, if this is some sort of PR thing, drag her. Drag her. You know, I, I, I know he's very controversial, but this would be something so beneficial, and so I hope it yeah, works. I hope, I hope so too. All right, coming up in our next hour, do we have any COVID updates? We do have the nope, dogs nope. in the house. COVID's okay. done. It's to- done. Totally oh. done. I don't know if you guys heard. Everyone seems to think the COVID's done. Uh, breaking. <laughs> The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. A.J. Gibson is out today and tomorrow, but we're joined with Dr. James Simmons. And uh, one thing I love about Dr. James Simmons is he does these really fantastic daily doses where he gives you 60 seconds of information that you need to know in a really fun way. And today he has one coming out with some really fierce lashes on. So make sure to check that out. Uh, when you stop listening fierce, to us. Fierce lashes, fierce matte black, uh, what is this? Nails. Nail polish, nails, you better get get with it. That's right, honey. I also love when you come on because we have a kiki, we have a time, but also you're a doctor and you have all the updates when it comes to COVID and you're going to be updating us about at-home uh, test storaging. Is storaging a word? Is so, it a word? Uh, we're going to make it a word because I tried to make up a word earlier in the show, didn't I? I, I don't remember storaging. I, I appreciate us making I think words. I think that's okay. This is what we're going to do. Storage. And we're going to do even Storage. more. No, I think at-home test storaging, producer Vanessa. Yeah, producer Vanessa. fine. <laughs> no, listen, it's important. Um, also, uh, scientists monitoring a new Omicron subvariant. Uh, so it looks like, you know, listen. Oh, God, I don't know what to <laughs> I just heard a collective eye roll. Like I, everyone listening was I, like, I felt it for uh, the listeners because God. I just found out <laughs> earlier this week we did a story about an um, endemic and I thought it meant that it was ending. Oh. And I was like, aha, aha, aha. And then it was like, <laughs> no, 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 crawl. And I was like, going no. So now there's more yeah. variants. I don't want to do it anymore. Variants. I don't want to do We're going to do the whole pandemic. segments in a roll about accents. If I were a doctor, I'd talk like. Like this. <laughs> well, doctor. Oh, is that your doctor voice? <laughs> I can't give you your doctor voice until I give you mine. Uh, right, here we go. Oh, is that? Oh, you've changed. Uh, no, I'm going right. I'm going to be like a real bad Cockney accent now. Okay, to be a doctor. So you're Doctor Spice, a Spice Girl doctor. Right, I love it. 
I love you. I love uh, having you on this show. So let's get into a little news. On the beat, before we get into important conversations, Pope Francis called on parents around the world to not condemn children if they are gay. Uh, Francis made the comments while speaking out about the biblical figure, Joseph, during his weekly general audience. He addressed parents facing difficult situations in the lives of their children, such as kids who are sick, imprisoned, or killed in car accidents. But he also addressed parents who see that their children have different sexual orientations, how they manage that and accompany their children and not hide behind a condemning attitude. Never condemn a child, he said. Church teachings consider homosexual activity intrinsically disordered, though it calls for gay and lesbian people to be respected. In 2013, Francis said he would not judge gay priests, telling reporters, if someone is gay and he searches for the Lord and has goodwill, who am I to judge? He also called gay and transgender people children of God and endorsed civil unions. But the Vatican said last year that the Catholic Church and its priests cannot bless same-sex unions because God cannot bless sin. Word. I'm worried sick about that. It's like you do so great and you say all the right things and we're all children of God and whatever and then be like, but y'all can't get married because we can't bless sin. So you're still saying that I just know. the way I was born and what I'd be doing is sinful. I, you know, that's the problem with religion and I think that that's sort of been the wedge for so many gay people um, and also the self-hatred that people that gay people feel for themselves. We're taught at a young age mm-hmm. we're sinners. Sin, no matter what and, you do. No, you could be a good person. Mm-hmm. You could love everybody like mm-hmm. thy neighbor. You could not steal. You could be good to your parents. You could follow all the commandments. And just by simply following your heart, mm-hmm. not harming anybody. Just existing. Just at my existence is a sin. Yeah. Like just like that, just feeling that at your core. Right. And to people who are also like my existence is a sin, but I also like love the Lord and I love Catholicism. Like how that's got to be tough, right? They'd be like the Pope is almost all in, but just kidding right at the end. Well, you know, we did a story earlier this week that a hundred priests in Germany came out as gay and it's kind of starting a movement. I don't see how much, I don't know how much we'll see of it. But um, that's a big step wild. for our yeah. community and the Catholic Church, especially when uh, the Vatican is saying God cannot bless sin. Mm-hmm. You know, if these priests start coming out and we really start taking charge, I think it would be something really powerful. Yeah. All right. In other news, the White House said Wednesday that the COVID-19 vaccine regime for kids younger than four years old will likely be three doses when it's approved and vowed to make millions more hard-to-find Pfizer antiviral pills available in coming months. Two clinical trials of the Pfizer vaccine on children ages six months to two years old and ages two to four are underway, but the older group hasn't yet met standards. White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci said at a press conference, dose and regimen for children six months to 24 months worked well, but it turned out the other group from 24 months to four years did not yet reach the level of non-inferiority. So the studies are continued. Fauci said referencing effectiveness standard comparison to adults. That's so crazy. My vocal teacher, who's a dear friend of mine, um, has a two-year-old and a seven-year-old, mm. and she's been waiting to mm-hmm. get the babies vaccined, mm-hmm. and she won't. She will not leave her house uh, with the wow. kids. She Until they're does, but she's like. Her son just had surgery. Yeah. Um, her baby, her true two-year-old, and she's just very nervous. And she's yeah. like, "I'm just waiting." And once that's okay, then Mo can 
can do the thing. And then we can live our life. It's it's really encouraging news, too, that this is coming and then they're sort of talking about it now because in sort of traditional development of medications and vaccines, that youngest group of, of humans is kind of the hardest to pin down. So, you know, we had the, the booster rolled out and we're like, hey, we're approving the third dose. And then we approve it for 12 to 17 year olds. And then we approved it for five to 12 year olds and whatever. Like, oh, that came kind of fast. Yeah. Eh, the babies, it's going to take a while. Yeah. It, it yeah. is. And I think that's absolutely the best to make sure we do it in the safest way. I think so, too. Those little babies. Okay, let's zoom. 75 in Palm Springs today. <laughs> 61 in Houston. 75 in La Quinta. And 43 in St. Louis. Now, give us a vibe of the day. We're going with healing as our theme today, right? Yeah. And sometimes healing is messy. Sometimes trying your best simply looks like making it out of bed. Honestly, be nice to yourself. If you get out of bed, if you don't get out of bed, if you need to have a bed day or a bed week, it's cool. okay. It's cool. It's all part of that healing process. And sometimes don't judge yourself by the 4,000, you know, did you cure cancer today? No. Like sometimes your your measurement stick, your bar is just, did I get out of bed? Cool. I love that. Such a good message. All right. Well, coming up, you've got more messages for us because we're getting COVID updates. How to store your at-home tests so that you don't get any not real I believe the results. word is storaging. Right, with storaging. Oh, well, if you want to go there, it's, <laughs> it's at home at test storaging is what we're talking about coming up next. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Now, as much as I'd like to make the breaking news announcement that the pandemic is officially over, <laughs> the pandemic isn't over just, just because, because you're over it. True words have never been spoken or Thank sung. Thank you, Cab. We'll give you credit. Um, and so that's why my buddy. My co-host, my Wherever doctor I friend. Go, you're gonna go, my, my buddy, buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, and me. Ooh-hoo. First of all, we could join. A... <laughs> okay, I was gonna go there, but the singing that's being done on this show today—it's—it's it's wild. Brian is literally having a heart attack yeah. right now. He's like, "This is a morning show. This is not a performance. First I need of... you to stop singing." First of all. Take Ava Max off. We don't even need, we don't even need music in between breaks. We are the music. Ava who? Kim who? Ava who? It's James and Mick. It's Jimmy and Mick. That's our band name. Mick Jimmy. Mick, Mick Jimmy. I used to know a producer named Jimmy McGorman. I'm going to get back to what we're talking uh-huh. about. Okay. I can feel we're myself going off the rails and I want to keep going. Because this is how focused everyone is on a pandemic right now. Like we can't even get to what we're talking it's about. Because it's just... I someone it's said it best to me yesterday. Uh, he said, "You know, in the pandemic, when we started the pandemic, I said what's going to be really difficult is actually us two years from now realizing what happened mm-hmm. and looking at the damage that's actually been caused. And it's now two years, and people are suffering, and we're still mm-hmm. very much in the pandemic, and we're getting things like at home tests, which are really great that we have now that we didn't have before, but like many things." We don't know how to do any of this. I don't know. Do I put it in the refrigerator? Do I put it in a mm. cupboard? Do mm. I keep it frozen? Mm-hmm. I mean, so many questions. So with us being able to get free at-home tests, what's the storage upkeep? The storage upkeep is actually, I will tell people, don't make this as as difficult as it might feel, right? Just when you get these tests, extremes are bad. So you don't want extreme cold. You don't want an extreme hot. Think about this. This is not my example, by the way. I'm stealing this from a colleague, but... Think about an egg. If you fry an egg, you're never going to be able to unfry it. 
The proteins in the test, if they get too hot, they fry, and then they don't work correctly. So you could get an incorrect result. That's the real big issue, right? If you put an egg in the refrigerator, it might take a while to sort of thaw a little bit, but then ultimately it's still an egg, and then you can still fry it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. We want to avoid like freezing temperatures. We definitely want to avoid hot. So room temperature, nice, cool, dry place, right? We've all heard that our entire lives. Like, please store in a nice, cool, dry place. Cool meaning more than 35 degrees and hot meaning less than 86. So basically like the room temperature in your house, just make sure there's no direct sun exposure to the test. That can also cause like a false result. And so you may be continually testing positive or negative when that might not actually be true. It's because the test is actually damaged. So store a cool, dry place in your house above 35 degrees, below 86 degrees. I love that. Well, while we um, are getting at-home tests, it appears like it's really important because I told you last month I got really, really sick. I'm Mm -hmm. vaccinated. I've been trying to do my best of wearing my mask, and I still got it. And that was a common story for a lot of people in uh, around Christmas time. People were vaccinated, but it's because it could have been Omicron. It could have been Delta. Like, nobody knows. But there's now another variant that we need to know about that scientists are monitoring. What do we know about this new variant? Yeah, it's a sub—the the one that you're going to hear a little bit more about, it's a sub-variant of— of Omicron. So it's not a categorically different variant of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. It is a subvariant, BA.2, right? Subvariant. And essentially, we don't know a lot about it yet. This is also what I do want to tell people though is that there are variants for every virus out there that happen all the time. So every year there are cold variants. There are other coronavirus variants. In fact, most of us have had some form of coronavirus in our lives because oftentimes the common cold is a coronavirus. Mm -hmm. That virus changes and mutates and has variants and all these things. This is very common. This is what viruses do. So our job is to not panic every single time we hear of a variant or a subvariant. The reason why this one is getting a little bit of attention right now is that Omicron is just so contagious, right? And the uh, the good thing is that on the whole, it's a much less lethal disease, right? It's making people less sick. It's still making some people sick. I unfortunately had two people in the hospital this week die from Uh, Omicron. Listen, uh, look, I'm just going to stop you and put a pin right there for a second because it's an important reminder to me, but it's an important reminder to our listeners as we're getting back into the swing of things and we're starting to see a little bit of normalcy. People are still dying yeah. now from Omicron. Like, it's yep. still very much a real thing. Yep. And it's not, is it? Is it as bad as it was last January? Absolutely not. Thank God for vaccines. Thank God for this virus mutating in a way that it's less lethal. Mm-hmm. It makes people less sick. But why this subvariant is getting so much attention is because Omicron being so contagious, maybe this subvariant could potentially be even more contagious. And is it the same lethality? Is it the same severeness? Is it going to be more severe, less severe? Those are the things we don't know. How does it respond to the vaccine? How does it respond to previous immunity from previous infection? Like We don't know the answers to those questions yet, so we're keeping an eye on it. We're not seeing a ton of this virus yet, of this subvariant. We also have just really started testing for it as well. Mm -hmm. So you'll probably hear a lot more about this. Really the big concern, bottom line, is they just want to see is this going to be even more contagious than its sort of big brother variant, Omicron? And of course, even more importantly, is it going to be, you know, uh, more severe? 
Absolutely. Well, thank you, Dr. James Simmons, for bringing down the room. And now coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, so I'm Calm. always going to I was having so much fun. I know. But now this was a great show. It's too until... much. She's brought the room she down. Just, uh... Tell me something good. All right, we like to end your day with a little good news. So let's get into Tommy Something Good. Amy Schneider's record-breaking time on Jeopardy has come to an end. Boo, that's not the good part. Boo, it's not the good part. We're devastated. However, she won $1,382,000. Come on, Amy. Come on, girl. Um, You better do it. She better do it. And, Mm. you know, look. The representation that she brought to a show like Jeopardy is unbelievable. And she said it herself. She said, this Jeopardy run is most likely what I will be remembered for. And if so, I'd be quite content to have this as my legacy. And I think that it will be. I I think why it's such a big deal, too, is that, you know, we need our trans women to be represented and I think we're slowly finding representation for them in shows like Pose and in more queer shows. However, Jeopardy is an audience that's more than just queer people. There's mm-hmm. a lot of right-wing people. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people that do believe and to see this brilliant mm-hmm. trans woman, you can't take away the fact that she's brilliant. That's mm-hmm. not a that's not a, a gender thing. Um, but to have her be a trans woman, I think is incredible. It's what she's done phenomenal. for the community is amazing. And what I love is I don't know if you've seen some of the other contestants that have gone up against her or the guy that ultimately ended up beating her who's from the Chicago area, they all like geek out. They're all like <laughs> totally they're like girl fangirling or whatever the term is that we're supposed to use about this. They're like totally freaking out. And no one is freaking out. Oh my gosh, I just beat trans Amy Schneider. They're just like, I can't believe I just beat Amy Schneider. Like she's so incredible. She and then just I know this will sound maybe some weird and people will interpret this in some sort of way, but the normalization of the fact that Amy is a trans woman who just did this thing and now she's, I think, the third highest winning ever or whatever was just phenomenal. And like every single contestant that went up against her was like, this is an intelligent, stunningly, stunningly intelligent, incredible woman. I love it. I'm so happy. Okay, you give me a good story. I have a good story. It's kind of a good story with like a little twist on it. So uh, billionaire Mark Cuban, who owns the Dallas Mavericks, and he's on Shark Tank. That's where y'all, a lot of y'all know him from opens an online pharmacy to provide affordable generic drugs to folks. So, bottom line, let's not get it twisted. Capitalism, this guy's a businessman, so he's going to make some money off of this. However, the tell me something good about it is that this is going to launch to give a lot of people opportunities to get what are normally very, very expensive drugs. Yes. On the cheap or super free and through the interwebs. Yeah. Right, so that they can order these things, they might have a you know a verified prescription or whatever. They can get these things mailed to them. This is the new way that healthcare is moving. Right, Amazon's dipping into healthcare. You know, so many people are doing telemedicine. I'm not surprised to see something like this. But one of the most debilitating parts of health, the healthcare industry, for a lot of people, is that a lot of people have to choose between food or gas and medication, or paying for their kid's school project or whatever and taking their own medications. Things like this will continue to help eliminate that issue. And so I, while I'm sure this is a big money-making venture for him, I got to put that out there. I'm also really glad to see that Mark Cuban is pushing the envelope in this arena. I think it's fantastic. A million percent. I love that as well. Um, I also wanted to tell you that uh, in regards to Amy Schneider, Mm -hmm. if you didn't get to see how epic she was, she will be returning to television this fall. for Tournament of Champions. That's the good news. And that is great Sam news. Sam 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 Sam. Sam. A 
another piece of good news is you'll be joining me again tomorrow. Oh my gosh, I will. And it's Friday. Up. Oh, what are we doing Friday around here? Uh, we just act wild, honey. Oh, so we wild. It's wilding out. We're take, we, taking Nick Cannon's show. We're gonna just do it here on. That's Channel right. Q. We just throw the the show out the window, all right. the rules, and we just live our. Well, best the boss lives. isn't listening on Fridays, right? No, so, the boss. Sweet. He, the Brian Holt doesn't listen on Fridays. It's like, um, <laughs> he's like, no listening Fridays. No, so that, right, really right. Want. But we want you to listen. We want you to come back because yes. I am Dr. James Simmons, and I, I'll I'll be here with my special guest, Michaela Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, honey. Thank you to our producer, Vanessa. Of course, Dr. James Simmons. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.